A business financial statement can be pretty confusing and intimidating if you don't have an accounting or finance background. If that's how you feel, but you hate to admit it, you are going to love today's guest. She's a CPA who can help you navigate financial statements and explain why they are such a powerful management tool. She's Maxine Stern. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Maxine Stern helps small business owners and startups understand financial information and shows them how to use it as a management tool. She's a licensed certified public accountant, but unlike other CPAs, she holds a Ph.D. in sociology, which makes her well-equipped to assess the human and organizational factors that contribute to a business's financial situation. In other words, she really helps you get behind what's driving the numbers and understands the business challenges that you're facing. Prior to opening her own accounting firm, Maxine had extensive financial and administrative responsibilities at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina. So it is such a pleasure to have her join us today. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Maxine. Thank you so much, Hannah. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too, me too. But you know, Maxine, before we really get rolling here, I appreciate that some of our listeners may not have accounting or financial background, and so they know how to balance their checkbook every month, but they may be a little fuzzy on what's typically referred to in the business community as financial statements. So I'd just like to take a minute and have you explain to us what's meant by that term. There are generally three interrelated financial statements. One that I usually call an overview is the balance sheet. The balance sheet tells the business owner their financial situation at one point in time. For example, on December 31st of every year, it tells them how much their assets are worth. Now, assets are your cash usually, and then Uh, your equipment. And then it also tells them if they have any liabilities. Liabilities are amounts that the business owner owes to other people. Now, generally, that's broken up into short-term liabilities and long-term liabilities. The short-term liability would be something like paying the electric bill that's due next uh, week or paying credit card that's due in two weeks. Uh, But the long-term liabilities are generally loans, either loans to an individual or most likely a loan to a bank. And those two categories added together are the liabilities. Hopefully, in a business, the assets are a lot greater than the liabilities. There is a third section that's called owner's equity, And that is, arithmetically, just the difference between the assets and liabilities. So if the owner's assets are worth $100,000 and their liabilities are $20,000, their owner's equity, which is the owner's share of the business, 
is valued at about $80,000. Then the other two statements that business owners will receive from whoever is processing their financial information are the profit and loss statement and the cash flow statement. These two statements are very similar. They will cover a period of time, usually a period of a year, like from January 1st to December 31st, but during the year, They might have the profit and loss statement or the cash flow statement for uh, one month or two months. Or typically, as the year goes on, they will see the first quarter, this is how much their revenues were and how much the expenses were. The difference between those two statements is that the cash flow statement usually reflects the money that the uh, company has in their bank accounts and it categorizes those amounts into the revenues and expenses. For example, their rent expense, their utilities expense, their office supplies expense. The difference between those two statements is that the profit and loss will contain some non-cash statements which are not reflected in their bank statement. For example, um, depreciation expense or amortization expense of startup costs. I hope that's a simple overview of the financial statements. I know sometimes it's confusing to business owners, but just know that one is a picture The balance statement is a picture at one date in time, and the profit and loss statement and the cash flow statements uh, cover a period of time, say from January 1st to March 31st. So one is more dynamic than the other, and and I think that's very helpful to understand. In terms of the day-to-day, which statement is more important for business owners to focus on? I think it's it would be most useful for business owners to look at their cash flow statement. It will tell you a lot about how much money is coming in and how much money you've spent to make that money that's coming in. So that, to me, in my experience, is easiest to understand and most useful for a business owner to understand very carefully especially as they go into the future and they want to know how to plan for the future month or the future quarter or the next year. So in your experience, where have businesses had trouble getting a handle on financial statements? What what has been sort of the, the bugaboo for, for them? Well, I think that entrepreneurs usually go into business because they have a great idea or a product that they'd like to sell. And It's either something they've discovered or they've worked hard on, and they want to bring it to the world, and of course, they want to make a profit from it. So either the entrepreneur or the the small business owner is the expert about their products, and um, they go into business because they like the product, but they really should know that business requires a number of skills that are not related to their product. So as they start their business, they have to understand that the business that that they have created or that they want to create is going to be separate from themselves 
as individuals. They are the individual who starts the business, but as the business takes shape, that is a different entity from the person as an individual. So as the person goes into business just to set it up, it's very important to consult a lawyer to discuss which form of a business entity, whether it's a corporation or a limited liability company, would be best for them. And this is particularly important if they have partners. So that's just a background, you know, for setting up the businesses. As I mentioned, the business owner is the person that's the expert on their product. But a lot of times they don't feel that they have the experience to understand the financial end of the business. They have heard that it might be necessary to track revenues and expenses so they can fill out their taxes at the end of the year. Now, of course, that's important, but I think that with a little effort, they really can use their financial information for so much more. First well, let's of all, talk about that. How, how can they yeah. use it? Let's get, get down to nitty-gritty. Do you have an example of how maybe somebody that you worked with in the past, without mentioning names, sure. maybe misunderstood the power of the financial statements they had at their f- fingertips. And when you started to point some things out, they were able to use that data to move their business forward. Well, yeah, I'll use an example of clients I had recently who was a scientist. And um, when she got in touch with me, she said that she wanted to open a commercial laboratory to analyze results of medical tests. And she said, I'm a scientist, and I don't know anything about the financial part of the business. So I felt that she's probably a very smart person, and that my goal was to work with her to change her attitude, to make her understand that to set up a business, to set up a commercial lab, to analyze the results of medical tests, she'd have such a better business if she understood the finances. So we started talking about the startup cost of her business because we together decided that she didn't really know whether she could have a business if she didn't understand how much it was going to cost her. And she started talking about the laboratory that she wanted, what equipment she would need, what furniture was necessary, Um, what computers and software were necessary, how many square feet that she would need for the lab as well as her administrative offices. And she easily could tell me the details of everything she thought she would need. So she has agreed to make a list of all these things that she had on her list and she's going to come back to me and then we're going to discuss how much her startup costs are going to be. And then she could understand whether she would need to bring partners in or she would need a loan from the bank or how she could proceed. And then we started talking about the day-to-day kinds of things. You know, how she would sell her idea. She had to get doctors to send their samples to her. She decided that she needed to get information from insurance companies to find out how they they would pay for the test. She had ideas about how to go about talking to doctors or talking to other people that she knew did this kind of work in different cities. 
she was also going to track down those costs. Then we talked about what she needed every day. But very quickly, she got very sophisticated in understanding that if you did tests of this kind, you might have a larger profit than if you did tests of another kind. She also understood that she might need to do 500 tests in a month to take care of all the costs that she would have. And the idea that if she, the more tests she did, the more profit she would have became very easy for her to understand. I feel very optimistic that my conversation with her will make her much more enthusiastic to pay attention to all the details on her financial statements because she didn't realize that she had these skills or she had the knowledge and she saw the numbers, the dollar amounts, as something foreign to her when in fact it was something that she felt very comfortable with. So that was a very good experience. What I try to do with clients that I have is make them understand that behind the numbers are things that they purchase or things that they have to sell and that they aren't really numbers or dollar amounts, but they're really important parts of their business. I've had several other clients who really when they look at the the financial statements, start asking questions. Why are we spending so much on this category, on office supplies, for example, or on um, oh food that we have in the office? And they realize they could have a much greater profit if they paid attention to the amounts that they were spending and cut down on things that they didn't really need. It helped them prioritize their their activities, right, and what they were focusing on. Yes, and they felt that instead of the chore of looking at the financial statements every month, that they became enthusiastic about looking at them because they knew that they were becoming sophisticated in using the information as a management tool and changing things in their business and making more profit or realizing that they needed to hire more people because they weren't being able to, say, bring in enough business the way with the salesmen that they already had. I think I've gotten people enthusiastic about looking at their financial statements, and then as they become more familiar with them, they become much more meaningful. It's very nice to see that they can manage their business better because they use them as a tool. Absolutely. It becomes more of a roadmap for how to improve instead of a report card <laughs> that says, yeah. you know, you did bad. Exactly. <laughs> because if you just wait until you have to do your taxes, that's not going to be meaningful because all you're concentrating on is how much money that you have to pay in tax, rather than understanding how to make yourself a better business. Right. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. For a small business, what kind of systems should they have in place in order to capture all of the meaningful financial information they should have at their fingertips in order to run their business better? Well, I think that the business owner should have something simple in place. 
for example, there are many commercial databases, financial databases available. QuickBooks is very commonly used. It's very simple to use, but there are some others in the marketplace. And one wonderful thing about QuickBooks, at least, is, and I think some of the others, is that you can organize with the bank for them to download your bank statement directly into your database. So you have there all of your deposits and your expenses for each month. And then I think it's very useful for the owner or an employee to go into the system and make good use of the memo section where you note what was purchased for this or that. If you have a bookkeeper, that person also should keep back up either online or in a file cabinet could start that way, but now there are easy ways to keep all these things on a computer so that you can have the QuickBooks for your database, but also it's important to have the backup so you can actually see the detail. You mentioned something before about a bookkeeper. For a business uh-huh. starting out, I, I think maybe sometimes they don't know whether they need a bookkeeper or whether they need a CPA such as yourself. Could you give us a little clarification on who's best suited for what type of task so that they can get the proper advice? Yes. I think a business should have either a bookkeeper, and in the beginning, the owner could do this if they're willing to put in the time, because the more the owner understands at the beginning, the better off the business is going to be. But quickly, you know, if the owner gets busy and there are a zillion things that a small business person has to do, Um, He could either hire a bookkeeper to do all the accounting functions in-house or there are many people that will keep the books for businesses. He might only need a couple of hours a week for the bookkeeper. So, And the cost is much less than what a CPA costs. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to hire a CPA for your bookkeeping function. Although some of the CPA firms will have bookkeepers which you know in house and they charge a lot less than for the time of the CPA. I think the CPA who has more experience and more training should be used of course for doing the taxes but more important or aside from that uh for business planning especially at the beginning the business owner would be helped a lot if they go in and meet with a CPA a few times a year, maybe every quarter or every half a year. That will cost them, you know, some money. But I think that if a person is skillful, if the CPA has experience and skills, it can often pay off very handsomely for the business owner. I would say... The bookkeeper for day-to-day, just keeping the the database, but the CPA for planning and for planning taxes, but also more important for, for understanding the management function of a business. So, yeah, I wanted to dive a little deeper into what that planning would look like. So if I'm going to meet with my accountant, Mm -hmm. with my CPA at the end of the quarter, what types of questions should I be looking to bring? So that really depends. I would say when a company is starting out, 
the CPA should look over the financial statements, give them an idea if they seem to be way out of line um, in some expense categories, see if it looks like they've hired too many people, the CPA should ask questions, and then maybe the business owner will explain why they need this one and why they need that one and how much they're paying people, and then talk about the revenues. I mean, in some businesses, you have to invest in personnel, which is going to pay off months later. But in other businesses, you might be wasting your money. So you want someone to look at what you're doing month to month, but then you want to say, well, how can I improve this? Can you give me any tips for improving my business in the next quarter? And the CPA might say, I think you need a marketing strategy or a marketing plan or build a better website or, you know, try to give them some direction. But if we go on to someone who's been in business for several years, they they might not need to meet many times a year at all. They might just go in when they have some idea of a way of expanding the business or maybe contracting the business or changing the business. So it just varies. Businesses usually aren't a a steady state. A retail business might be confronted with a new mall down the block and they might have to figure out where they go next or, you know, how they deal with certain competition or there might be fringe benefits that they have to talk about with the CPA. They might want to be in a position to give their employees better benefits or maybe set up a retirement plan. So these are all things that happen as businesses get better, hopefully, and um, as they get more mature. Not only mature, but then they go from startup to grow up, and eventually business <laughs> owners want to have an exit plan. And that's another time yeah. where, you know, oh. how to be able to anticipate if they want to sell the business two, three, five years down the road, how to make their financial statements attractive, how, what they need to do to focus on in their business so that someone will buy it. Yeah, I think that is very important. And you can't start too early talking about this because, well, one mistake that a number of businesses make is that one child has worked in the business and sometimes, well, there are several issues that could come up because that one child might not have the potential or the interest, really, to take over the parent's role in the business. So what happens then? What happens if the parent, when he is making his will, decides that he wants to leave the business to one of the children? And how is that valued? And how does that compare with what the other children get? those succession planning issues have become very important and it's possible that that's the time where the accountant and the lawyer will meet with the business owner and try to come to a good plan. Absolutely. So no matter how you slice it, the financial statements play a continuing role in the life of a business in in helping to scale it, helping to maintain it, helping to transition it. Definitely. Definitely extremely important. Okay. So, you know, you mentioned that the common mistakes 
that people make with financial statements. Let's talk about those. What are some common errors that you see happening with financial statements? So the things that I see happening are not necessarily mistakes in the statements, but mistakes that owners make in, one, not taking the time to review the financial statements. I think it's important for them to look at them every month and see one month there might be something that's out of line and you never know whether that's just one month's problem or that's suggesting a trend. The revenues might be down or um, one expense category becomes very high. It's always important to try to figure out what that is. So I am emphatic about the need to look carefully at the financial statements every month. It really is not that time-consuming, but I know business owners are very busy, and sometimes they put off. I think there are signals that they miss if they don't really look at them carefully. It might only take 15 minutes. The second mistake that's kind of related to what I've been talking about is not to ask questions about things they don't understand. I've seen this again and again. They're either ashamed or not so sure. And I mean, if they see something they don't understand, it's important to say, well, what makes up that category? How come we spent so much on, um, I don't know, electricity this month or telephone or, I mean, those are little things, but is something happening with the cost of um, making our product. All of a sudden, it seems much greater than it has been in prior months. Sometimes employees are, you know, there's been some theft in the company or fraud. When the business owner spends time watching the financial statements, the employees know that that person is very aware of what's going on. I think it makes them more invested in the business and they know the owner is invested in the detail of the business, and I think employees are more likely to do a good job when they know the business owner is interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and the thing is, too, not only could a category, an expense category being unusually high for a particular month without explanation indicate maybe some fraud going on, but maybe it indicates that you need to change suppliers, that you need to Mm -hmm. do something on that front. Exactly. Anyhow, lots of information, hidden nuggets when you can dive behind (laughs) the numbers. Yeah. A business owner that is mystified and looks into the detail can often find out very important things about their business. I mean, maybe an important part of their product now just went up in price. Now it's costing them twice as much. Well, then they might have to change what they're doing, go more into one product rather than another. Or raise their prices. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take a deep breath and raise those prices. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Maxie, this is really interesting. It's sort of like an archaeological dig into the numbers to see what they can tell you about your past performance, what they could predict about your future performance. And so very, very telling. But, you know, before we wrap up, I would really like to know a little bit more about you and who has been an influencer in your life. If you could share one with us, please. Well, one thing that I learned that was very important 
uh, early in my career is I was doing sociological research to evaluate services at a mental health center. And I was looking into services in the alcohol rehabilitation area and was trying to evaluate whether they were doing a good job following people after they finished, which theoretically would help them understand whether the person was doing well. And I realized that how could I evaluate the service without understanding the finances of the program? Because it is much easier to provide quality service if you're spending, say, $50,000 rather than maybe $10,000. And the service that was provided at this mental health center, it was a publicly funded facility, was not so great. They really didn't have the staff to provide a great outcome for the particular service. So I got very inter- I got the accountant at the mental health center interested in looking with me at the finances and trying to figure out for this kind of outcome we've spent x number of dollars and trying to theorize how we could have done better if we had twice as much staff then the staff got involved in thinking, well, we don't have that extra money. Let's try to make our services better by doing things in a different way, using our money more efficiently. After that experience, I built into all of the evaluations that I did a section on the finances and how the money available affected the outcome of the program. And that doesn't say you have to have lots and lots of money to have a good program, but if you don't have a lot of money, you have to really start thinking how we can efficiently use the money that we have. Understanding this, I really got interested in the financial part of of providing services, similar to, you know, how much money you need to run a particular kind of business. And I started taking accounting courses and realized that I really liked it. And it really made a huge shift in my career after that. I decided to become a CPA. I've always been very enthusiastic about blending the financial with the program. It's the way that I approach working with businesses because it's the same idea of understanding the content of your program and not having the finances be separate from understanding the content of your your business or your program. So that has a huge effect on me. I can see that. So when it comes to to folks working with you, having them or having you show them where the money is, is really the key to unlocking the future success of their business. I think so. Oh, I like the way you put that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Well, Maxine, I want to thank you for shedding light on, you know, what, especially non-accountants and non, you know, people that aren't numbers people sometimes freak out over financial statements. You know, it's viewed kind of as a report card and, oh, they want to look at the bottom line. Oh, it's positive. Okay, that's good. But without realizing that there's a lot of valuable data in the numbers, besides the arithmetic, besides the math, that they represent activities in the business 
and opportunities for improvement. And as soon as you can make that, them understand that, a light goes on. Yes. And they realize that this is the same as their business. It's not something different. It's not an, you know, it's not something that's separate from their business. It really is the core of their business. It can tell them if they need better marketing plan. I mean, it can tell them everything about the other aspects of their business. Right. It's like a little ultrasound. You can see the heartbeat. Now let it grow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Maxine. Thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure to have you well, on the show and, and, and just shed some light on, on this really important, but also for many people, a scary, scary topic. So thank well, you so much. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you for joining me today. You can get more information about today's guest and the show notes on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more business information and inside scoop you need to succeed in your business. Till then, 